Bismillah, assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh. What are you guys saying? It's your brother Suleiman back in with another podcast. Um, alhamdulillah, like I said, we're going to be more consistent as possible, more amazing people, more amazing discussions, alhamdulillah. Um, by now, you guys would have probably seen that the One Brotherhood platform, we have launched our first, we've, we've done our first launch event, and I pray that alhamdulillah uh, it goes well. And so we've got more events coming up, more talks, more circles, more content coming out online. So keep up to date with the One Brotherhood movement, the platform, the details for our social medias will be in the description below. Um, so yeah, keep up to date and follow the movement and any of the any other careers, anything, feel free to DM me or DM the One Brotherhood the platform, inshallah. Without further ado, today is a very special podcast because it's my first time I've got two guests on. We're live with actually no my first video one that I got two guests on and it's one that i'd say that i'm it's very it's a discussion that i'd say that is very close to my heart um and as you all know school has started university has started people are back at school university college and for a lot of people especially being the second year post lockdown you know it's difficult navigating through university as a student be it not just with the balancing your dean and your studies but with the fitna as well as how to deal with university coming out of um, uh, uh, lockdown and COVID. So today I'm honored to have two astound guests. First of all, um, Brother Haroon, from, who is the president of UOB ISOC, and Brother Abdul Ghani, who is the president of Astronauts. Assalamu alaikum, brother. What are you saying? Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum I don't deserve half <laughs> that phrase. <laughs> nah, but you know what? Actually, first off, introduce yourselves. So yeah, my name is Haroon. I'm a uh, student at University of Birmingham. I'm the president of the ISOC and uh, yeah, I'm just, my main thing is just getting involved in the Muslim community and doing what I can mm -hmm. to help us because we, whatever knowledge I have, I want to spread it to, to anyone. How are you, sir, bro? I'm Dhani. Uh, my name is Abdul I'm an Aston student and yes, I'm, I'm unfortunately the president this year. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. Fortunately, unfortunately. Fortunately. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm involved with grassroots organizations as well. Mm -hmm. I tend to work with organizations that I believe in mm -hmm. and everything else literally gets chucked by the way. <laughs> How's, um, how long has it been since you started? A month now? Two weeks? Three weeks? So it depends on the university. Yeah. So uh, we've had a week of freshers. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, with my course, I've been going for about two weeks, but okay. freshers started last week and, and uh, tomorrow will be the first day of proper uni. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Likewise, yeah, but there's other unis out there like Cov that started what three weeks ago now. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So okay. There is I, some variety. I think my one, my old one, BSU started. I think they started this week actually. Yeah. Mm. No, sorry, last week. Um, but yeah, how's university going for you guys so far? Managing guys sucks. How's how's it like now? Because obviously, I you know, last year obviously because it's not second year post COVID. Mm. Last year, I can remember when um. When I with the year before last year, actually, when I was at uni, when the when I was part of the ISAC there, the issue was that people because we were so used to being at home online, people were you know we were used to like just you know keeping ourselves to ourselves, and there wasn't much social interaction. How do you guys feel it is now? Is it a bit of a different dynamic? Um, honestly, well, in the context of our uni, mm -hmm. I definitely think last year, the mm -hmm. year right after COVID, mm -hmm. we definitely did have that gap in interaction engagement and communication and yeah we saw it in most of our events like um especially on the brother's side mm -hmm. because sisters are always going to be tight yeah, yeah, yeah you you always have like a huddle of them everywhere you My sisters go. are on it mashallah yeah. sisters are on it mm. it's interesting we had the exact opposite okay. at our university <laughs> uh people 
were very, very engaged and happy to get in, get out because they mm. were locked away for two years. Mm. They hadn't really met anyone. Mm. And essentially the second year is like myself last year. It was like my first year on uni, mm. at uni. So I was essentially a fresher. And then all the freshers were freshers as well. So we were all getting, we were all getting involved. So our events had, had far higher mm. numbers than pre-COVID. Okay. Um, so yeah, alhamdulillah. In terms of sisters actually, sisters were more disconnected. Than the Seriously? brothers, the brothers were. I very, think they have very, a dynamic very, with each uni, you know. It's it, it's interesting, isn't it? It's, I know definitely. I can definitely share the same sentiment with Abdul At BCU, sisters are on it. I'll be honest with you, mashallah, they're on it. Um, I must say, there's another brother, but I think there's more of a sister's presence to know that some ice yeah. and whatnot. Then I think UOB probably because it's very big and it's like a it's like an actual campus campus kind of thing. I've asked her has it on campus, but it's a bit smaller. Mm. Whereas UOB is a bit more of a bigger and diverse campus. People come from like. Yeah. Some parts of the UK I think that's why It's more, a bit more of um, Of engagement there Before I just continue on I, I always like to do A little segment called Real Talk Where I ask you guys Three or four There's going to be three today uh, Deep question I want to get your thoughts on it Yeah Sure So who is your favourite Sahabi That Islamic could struggle For getting why So it can be Sahaba Or Islamic a Historical figure mm. That's hard that, that is really <laughs> hard But the first name that pops to my head is Abdurrahman bin Auf. He is obviously one of the 10 people who were promised paradise on earth. And just due to his um, zeal, due to his, um, like, he was amongst the first. Like, he, he accepted Islam, I think. He was the 10th, maybe the 15th person. There's a debate about that. Yes. But he, he literally went to Abu Bakr Satiq after a journey from Yemen and Abu Bakr Sadiq was like okay there, there's this guy his name is Muhammad and he's coming with this message of Tawheed mm-hmm. do I accept it and without as, as, without any hesitation he was like سمعنا وأطعنا خلاص we do it and obviously his charity his um, contributions to the Ummah mm-hmm. like he was the Sahabi that took care of the household of Prophet Muhammad in oh, terms of the mothers of the Ummah after Prophet, Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi passed away. So like the commitment to the Ummah and the Deen, obviously you've got Abu Bakr Siddiq, Uthman bin Affan, whatnot, but an uncommon name or, he, he is a pretty common name, but something slightly different would be Abdurrahman bin Auf for me. How are you bro, Harun? So hard to say, because you can take so much from each individual's hobby. There's so much to take. But for me, as an individual, I, Really, really resonate with Abu Bakr Siddiq The fact that he was so soft, mm-hmm. but more than soft, he would he would he would be firm when he needs to be firm. He would soft when he needs to be soft, and he fulfilled all the responsibilities that that one could have. He was obviously the Khalif, the first Khalif of the Muslimin, mm-hmm. so he had that incredible responsibility, and he made sure that he, without him, the Ummah wouldn't be here today. He dealt mm-hmm. with the the Ridda wars. He dealt with so much. Uh, in, in, in that in that side of things, but he also helped with the collection of the Quran. He was the Prophet Sallallahu closest mm-hmm. companion, and he protected him, and he went in the cave with him, and he he was willing to sacrifice his own life for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam multiple, multiple, multiple times. And um, I, uh, there's so much you can take from his life, uh, uh, and and as even Umar Khattab, who is one of the greatest mm-hmm. Sahabi. After Abu Bakr Siddiq, even he said that you have made us like, well, what, what, you, you made us tired, Abu Bakr Siddiq. Like, how can, how can we 
fulfill in your steps. He, 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 is our, he is our role model Definitely. after the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the NBA. Two great examples, subhanAllah. Second question, which well, is more deeper. Myself. <laughs> I have to say, you know, okay, no one else asks me for myself. I say definitely Musab bin Umar. Musab bin Umar, without a doubt, because he resonates a lot with myself. I think a lot of young people, because he's someone who, before Islam, he's whole, he never had a purpose. He was somebody who had a life of luxury, had everything he wanted to. He can get all the girls, everything. Literally, I can remember reading. You know, like we can, we, 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 when it comes to weddings, we will get tailor made suits. He would have his shoes tailor made. I just like fancy shoes Like your everyday shoes Yeah And he left all of that The fame The luxury The ty- the status Yeah because his family were From very prestigious um, Clan of Quraysh All that for the deen And when he died He was left with nothing Died on the plains of Uhud Left with nothing but Except one cloth And on that plane Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Said to him that you are You know you're, you know, you're going to Jannah he left everything for the sake of Islam and he, and he was also the first person you know he's, he was the ambassador of Islam because through his efforts which is which which allowed the entire Medina to become you know accept Islam and embrace Islam yeah. allowed the Muslim to make Hijrah and establish the first Islamic civilization which if it wasn't for him let's be honest that you know if it wasn't for his efforts Islam put would have probably reached myself Bangladesh yourself in Pakistan yourself in Somalia yeah. so I think him you know He's someone who I really, really, you know, his story, whenever I hear, I, I'm a harsh with, I can't lie. Um, now, for your second question, you should get more deep now. If you can meet your younger self, your younger self now, let's say, let's say 12, 11, 12, 13 year old, you know, um, Haroon and Abdul Ghani, what advice would you give them? The first piece of advice I would say to him mm. is, you have time. Mm-hmm. You have time for so many things that you can do. Doing school, even to excel in school, it doesn't require that much time. And you should keep excelling, but you should also do other things in life. I think my life back then was very much school, home, school, home, mm-hmm. holidays. I could have done so much more at that time. I could have, I could have pursued Hifth uh, al-Quran. Mm-hmm. I could have pursued Arabic. I could have pursued... Uh, even things like martial arts to a high level, uh, uh, just sports. There's so much time that I that I that I should have used, and I spent it on on on, on not the best of things. I just kind of just wasted a lot of time, uh, and it's kind of hard to motivate someone of that age to to think beyond those years. But I would just say, use this time now because any efforts you put in now, you'll reap the you'll reap the rewards later. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I'd say. Is get more involved in the community. Mm. I was once again too involved in just school. Mm. I didn't get involved in the community much. I got exposed to Islam and Dawah and stuff when I was like 15, 15, 16 years old. But I could have done it earlier. Mm. I had the ability. I could have got involved in circles, attending things a lot earlier. And, I, and if I did, uh, I could have, I could have been levels ahead of where Definitely. I am now. Yourself? That, that's quite profound. For myself, there, there's literally one piece of advice that I would give. Just one. Yeah. Don't start something and finish it. Don't go from one thing to another thing to another thing to another thing. If you start something, complete it. Mm. Because the best of actions in the sight of Allah is the actions that are done with ihsan and they're completed as well. Oh, yeah. Excellence requires completeness. <laughs> so that is one key advice I would give to my younger self because I used to <laughs> um, in Somali um, my mom would describe me as which means you're rushing between one thing and another constantly okay. so you'd get like 
I'd go Quran for a bit, do a bit of Hajj, then suddenly I want to do some Arabic, then suddenly, yeah, I want to sit down and read Sahih Muslim by myself. Like, it, it, it was... good things, man. Yeah, but they're all good things, but it's just... Like, it, it, it's a trick yeah. of shaitan. Like, you don't... Uh, a jack of all trades is a master of none at the end of the day. So just stick to one thing, master it, and move on. That is one piece of advice that I would give to my younger self. Yeah. One last thing I'd say for the friendly segment. Now, university related. Obviously, you're in your third year? Third year, yeah. And yourself, the second, second year, right? Yeah. If you guys could go back to your first year at university, mm. what's one thing that you would change? One thing you'd have to improve on. One thing you'd have to improve on. I would I'd honestly say... Um, be a lot more open mm-hmm. to uh, those a bit younger than you. Like, mm. I was a fresher, but mm. I was older than everyone else because gap years and whatnot yeah, and yeah. all of that. So I would definitely say be a bit more sociable with mm. those younger than yourselves. Mm. Um, and yeah, get involved a lot earlier because I got involved with the ISOC and everything mm-hmm. around November time. Mm-hmm. And initially when I was coming into uni, mm-hmm. I... I had a misconception about um, Muslims on campus, um, the role of Muslim identity at yeah. university, and the role of ISOC. I thought it was just basically a sectarian melting point, yeah. a melting uh, pot. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'd say definitely get involved in ISOC a lot earlier and interact mm. with those younger than you, even though you're still f- freshers. Yeah. yeah. I would say that engross myself uni doesn't require as much time as you think mm. alhamdulillah praise be to allah i scored much higher than i needed to in first year alhamdulillah um and if i used my time more let le- this sounds bad less in studying but more in other things like getting involved in pursuit of knowledge in the da'wah mm. spreading any knowledge uh just getting involved in other things apart from university uh, my first year was online so it doesn't really, really count. So I did, obviously I did get involved in ISOC. I, I joined committee at the end of first year. Yeah. But I was still too focused on, 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 on getting university. Yeah. Second year, I changed that up. Second year, I, I went the other opposite. <laughs> so I didn't focus on enough. <laughs> Which is a bit of a mess. But honestly, getting involved in that. And the second, I'll give you one second piece of advice. Friends, be very, very careful with your friends. 100%. The friends that you 100%. pick, the friends that you pick in first year. 100%. Whether you like it or not, you're going to stick with them throughout. Because you want to, you don't want to leave them. And once you've got a group, as I said, that's your group. 100%. You want to find those gems and 100%. stick with them. 100%. And you also want to find people that maybe aren't gems, but mm. you can be a good influence to them. You need a bit of both. 100%. Because um, genuinely, some of the guys at university, they are proper inspirational people. They, either they have given so much to their families, they've given their sacrifice to that, or the sacrifice for the pursuit of Islam, mm. or sacrifice for the, uh, in 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 the worldly in like just the in their university, mm-hmm. these people you need to spend time with them because you are a product of who you're with. Mm-hmm. So getting them really really mm-hmm. good friends, also people that maybe aren't the best friend influences for you, but you can be good influence, good influence to them. Mm-hmm. Do that. I just kind of continue off from that, inshallah. Yeah. How was okay? I'm going back to you guys' first year at uni. How was first year for you guys, and what are some of the issues that you guys faced? Coming to university, obviously, look, the transition from college or sixth form to university is a big transition. Not only adding to the fact that you're a Muslim as well, how was that? And what were some of the issues that you guys faced initially? I 
I went to an all boys school. Okay. Since year three. Okay. I've never, I've never really encountered the opposite gender. Mm. I then get to university and my course is seventy percent girls. <laughs> and I found it hard mm. because I, 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 I wanted to make people like I don't want to upset people. Yeah, but I yeah. say that I've got boundaries. 100%, I'm never 100%. gonna. I don't want to ever go out to like a social with 100%. opposite gender. 100%. And I don't want to. But at the same time, I don't want to make everyone hate me. Mm. So I had this kind of like this difficulty of of, of balancing my Islamic values. Yeah, yeah. Because we're living in a secular society. When you're living in the Muslim world, it's different. Mm. There's a natural segregation there to an extent. Like when I was when I was abroad, you even when you go to the tills. The sister serving you, yeah. she put the money on the table and then you so, take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't even have to even go anywhere traps, near, yeah, near yeah, their yeah. hands. 100%. And when you're and you're out, they just know that your brothers stick with brothers and sisters. But at uni, you get like man's uh, brothers and sisters that like, chilling together very, very openly. Openly, mm. and even Muslims. Yeah, that's the worst, the worst oh, bit because yes. you're trying to stick with Muslims, and these Muslims are bringing what's going on. So I found that I found that quite difficult to deal with. Uh, and then secondly, obviously the whole balancing thing, balancing between university and and that were studies, uh, fitness, all that stuff. Mm. Still struggling with that. Um, just to bounce off of Harun's last point, definitely that balance. Going in to uni, especially at the start, it was just academia, academia, academia. Mm. But as soon as ISO came into the picture, <laughs> mashallah, that, that was, that was <laughs> a 180 degrees. Um, but yeah, I would say trying to maintain that sort of balance between my studies and all of the other commitments I have was definitely, definitely a big thing. Another thing, mm. Je- Harun mentioned all my points, mashallah. <laughs> but let's say, for example, with Aston um, yeah. University, as of last year, I don't have the data for this year, 40% of the people mm. that come to Aston are Muslim or identify as such. Really? Yeah. Do you know what is UOB? What is it? 6.7%. Yeah. 6.7%. Don't, don't mess around. 6.7% of UOB is Muslim. 50% identifies atheist. Or, or no religion. I did, I did research on this. Um, and Birmingham as a whole, as a city, is 20%. Muslim. But yeah, okay. keep going. So, um, in terms of um, cultivating that uh, environment around myself, mm. it wasn't too difficult. However, I did see, you know, the usual stuff. Mm. Um, I saw madness everywhere. So, yeah, you'd see stuff like that. And I was like, wait, this guy or this um, brother, this sister, outwardly, they're Muslim. Mm. Outwardly, that is how they are portraying themselves. Mm. However, like, you know, they're going against all of our values. Mm, They're doing kabair just for jokes. And I was a bit baffled. I was like... My question was, how did we reach it as like a community, as a mm. society? How did we get to all of this being normal? Yeah. Obviously, there's external influences and whatnot. But where were the structures in place within our own households, within our own mm. communities that, uh, you know, that were supposed to prevent this? Because I, that is... I think, yeah. you know what? I think, you know, for me, you know... The bad stuff then, I think, you know what, like, for me, it's a completely different experience. Mm. You know, growing up, alhamdulillah, I say alhamdulillah, and a lot of people think I'm a bit weird. Mm. My family were very overprotective. Mm. My mom especially, very overprotective in the sense that she would pick me and drop me off to and from school and college. Mm. Yeah, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't even chill with my friends after. 
I will, I think I will, the odd times I walk it, I'd always be chaperoned by like someone who my mom knows, like someone who's an old year, but my mom knows these guys. I'm saying, or like um, my mom get my, my my cousin brother come pick me up, but like I would never like walk it through from school or, or sixth form. Um, I didn't get a mobile phone until I think I think college. Oh. Yeah, I said I said I said Alhamdulillah. Yeah, when I got to university. It was different for me because it was when I had to decide what kind of Muslim I want to be. I say this because I was more independent in a sense because I had to obviously, I was traveling to and from uni myself different times. So obviously I would have to go out one time, you know, uh, come back at one time. You know, I would have to, you know, like I have to interact with different people, you know, because my, all my other friends were different, you know, went to different university. And I, because I deferred here, my friends were in a were, um, in different classes to me. Obviously, normally, like you said, Haroon, once you get with a group of friends, you kind of stick with them in uni. And obviously, I had to make new friends. And yeah. obviously, um, besides that, you know, going managing to from work, and obviously being being exposed to the fitna, and really and truly, university is now a, a university in our place where either I say I say how it is you you either give dawah to university or the university gives dawah to you. 100%. Yeah. And I had to ask myself: Is there the university to ask myself? You know what? What being exposed to all this stuff and being in that new environment where I have to be a bit more independent, make more decisions myself. What kind of Muslim do I want to be? I'm saying, and like I'd have a routine for for, for my entire life from like, going from primary school to college. Literally, it was wake up in the morning, have my breakfast, get picked off to get get dropped off to to school and college, come back one time lunch, go to madrasa, come back, do homework, sleep, and the weekend I wouldn't go out with friends. I would literally I was not allowed to go out with friends. I would um weekend I probably spend with family. I go to my grandma's week in the weekends. I think only in sixth form, the second sixth form, mom allow my mom can't allow me, but there was a bit of restrictions. And Alhamdulillah, I say Alhamdulillah because prepared me from a lot of stuff. And when it came to universities, when I had to make uh, being exposed, to, I had to make decisions. I say to myself, okay, am I being a Muslim because my mom's telling me, or because my 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 dad's telling me, or because my my dad, my uncle's telling me, or am I being a Muslim because I genuinely believe in it? Am I when it comes to me praying my salahs and my my lecture times, you know, kind of clashing? Do I do I do I do I prioritize my salah because I genuinely am convinced it's an obligation is because my mom because I, I know yeah. because my mom watching me like you know it comes to like staying away from from girls am I doing that because uh because my mom would always tell me or because I genuinely understand it's haram and I stay away from these things I think that that's what it is for a lot of people like you know yeah. even for yourself probably like being exposed you have to you know university is the ground where you kind of decide especially for Muslims what kind of Muslim you want to be. You're either the Muslim where Alhamdulillah makes you become the best Muslim you know you can be, or you can fall off the rails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I completely resonate mm-hmm. with that. Uni is the turning point. Uni is, as you said, you 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 the balls in your court. Mm. You can decide how you want to live your life, and based upon your friends, because obviously there's different factors that determine how you are. Mm. Society is the main is one major factor. Uh, the fact that society is hypersexualized, mm-hmm. haram is made easy. Mm-hmm. Sorry, haram is made easy and halal is made hard. Mm-hmm. That's obviously because we're not living in a Muslim country. There are mm-hmm. no Muslim country. There's no where wherever you are. The same problem. Society, we not we can't. That's 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 uh, that's influencing us. Mm-hmm. Obviously, our friends, our pet, our, our upbringing. Was our upbringing? Were we taught Islam as a culture? Were we taught Islam as a real thing. 100%. So all those factors are coming in, and then uni uni is where tested where push comes to 100%. shove how do you act 100%. when you're in a situation where a girl where, 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 where you're a girl's kind of trying to come on, come and hug you and you're 
What you like, trying? What, what you, you gonna do? Well, like, or, or like, all your friends are going out with a meal, go out for a meal, and there's girls involved. What do you do? Yeah, uh, and and all your all your boys are, are trying this next drug. Mm-hmm. What what are you gonna do? Mm. So you 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 get you, it's push for comes to and that's why having that good foundation is so important. Mm-hmm. Having good friendship group is important, and being involved in good work. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not the best person yourself right now, being involved in good work will help you become a better person. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and being with those people that understand Islam as 100%. a solution for all parts of life, because Allah Subhanahu has given us obligations and given us things for our sake. And you need to be a people that understand that. And then if you're with those kind of people, mm-hmm. like yourselves, that you'll become you'll become a better 100%. person. Whilst whilst also going to give the that you need to have obviously that base you know, level of knowledge. One thing I'll ask because you kind of you you both brought this up in it. Was balancing um, uni, uh, you know, other responsibilities as well. How did you guys manage it? Because, like, uh, do you, did you guys work or do you guys working during uni? Yeah, I okay. did not work during uni. I, I normally work outside uni. So how? Okay, but even that though, how do you guys manage? Wait, work? you say work. You say uh, a job. A job. So how do you guys? How do you guys manage? Okay, um, you know, like uni work, and you have ISOC, family. Obviously, as a Muslim, you want to progress, and that's you know, do some studies and whatnot. Mm. How do you do, you guys, manage that kind of stuff? Especially like, because let's be honest, with university, it's very independent. You 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 have to do a lot of stuff. Like, and if you want to get like a really good grade, you have to put in those hours, and you have to like, put in that graft. How do you manage and deal with the different responsibilities? Honestly, I'll be <laughs> frank with you. I didn't. I didn't balance. I, I made sure it was imbalanced. <laughs> as a matter of fact, but um. Like looking back at it, like there's definitely lessons and reflections I can draw mm-hmm. from, which is basically setting up boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, you you want dedicated study time mm-hmm. that no one can impede upon. Mm-hmm. No one. When I say, I live in a somebody household, so <laughs> I'm in my room. I'm doing my thing, going through lecture notes, and <laughs> uh, like. You, <laughs> You've got that, then at the same time, you've got Slack messages popping off. Oh, oh you have Slack. to do this and that. What's and Slack? Slack, we use Slack for ISOC. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Instead of WhatsApp, we go yeah. to Slack. It's like a way okay, to okay, yeah. message to professional with sisters and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you've got Slack going off at the same time. And then, mashallah, um, you've got uh, this brother saying, oh, come to this conference or do this and that. <laughs> and obviously there's khair in all of it but you have to set that those boundaries you have to say okay i'm dedicating this time just to my studies nothing else nothing will impede on it and no one can get to me it's uh, it's a concept that i took from um deep work by cal newport um mm-hmm. he he really emphasizes time blocking and dedicated timings for each thing um because uh, like i've got Right now on my notes, I've got a really long to-do list, right? Okay. However, that to-do list is broken down into different sectors of my life mm-hmm. and dedicated to each sector. Yeah. But yeah, one key reflection is make sure your study time is blocked out. Mm-hmm. Everything else can sort of merge together. Yeah. You can do ISOC and this and whatnot. And you can sort of have your own little sort of melting point of yes. all your other duties. Yeah. But as my sister says, you don't pay 9K to the ISOC. You pay 9k for your education. Yeah? So that should be your key so focus and everything else should branch off that and it should support it. Yeah. How did um, you manage it? I'll give you what ideal response is and I'll give you how I actually did it. No, so, no, forget the ideal response. No, 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 I'll tell you, no, 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 no. you good piece of advice. Because what I learned from my mate, he's a, he was at Oxford 
Okay. Uh, his name is Joe. He got ranked second place. Okay. In Oxford. Sure. So he clearly did very well. Yeah. And he, I asked him, how do you do it? Is he genius or something? And he said, no. He used to block nine to five every day. Nine to five, he would say, that is uni time. Whether I have lectures or no lectures, I'm using that to study. And then five to uh, whatever night, I am using that for no uni work at all. I'm doing whatever I need to do. And even though he's not Muslim, I think it's a really good piece of advice. Mm. Because it gives you balance. Because I used to do stuff at all random times. What I actually did, I just tried to fit any time that I had studying. Just put studying in. Keep Mm. regular with it. So don't leave it to the end. I used to try and be as regular as I could. So from the very first week, everyone else is chilling and partying and doing whatever. I would be studying, mm. studying for the finals. I would be making them flashcards. I'd be going over stuff. And then literally, I'd be reviewing those flashcards throughout mm. the year. So each week, I'd just have the lectures. I'd do a little bit extra more than everyone else. Mm. So when it was exam time, I was, a lot, I was a lot freer. The second biggest piece of advice is say no. No one to say no, because I said yes too much in first, <laughs> second year. And then you end up getting so much responsibilities that you can't even do a uni work oh, and you feel overwhelmed. Yes, yes, yes. If you say no to things that aren't that important, because you've got to think what's your priority. I'll give you an example. Yesterday, there was an ISOC postgraduate dinner that we had. Yeah. And all the boys were going. Everyone was going. I wanted to go really badly. And I clocked out. I hadn't done my Quran for the day. I, hadn't, I, had, I was behind on some of the lectures. Yeah. And I had to prepare khutbah and I had to prepare a talk. Yeah. I've not done any of those things. If I go, I don't want to get behind. So I said, as much as I want to go, I can't go because I've got to do some things. Yeah. You have to say no, even mm. though you might want to go. Yeah, yeah 100%. How does, it, how does that thing fit into your life? Mm. The third thing is wake up early. What I've been doing recently, that's been really, really helpful, especially in winter, Fajr, stay up. Flopped it today because <laughs> I was out, I was out uh, last night a bit late. Um, but if you wake up for Fajr mm. and stay awake from Fajr, the barakah in that time is, is 100%. like Prophet made dua for barakah in that time. Mm-hmm. Use that time for Quran, for lectures, whatever you need to do. You can get so much done. 100%. But make, make that your Quran time. Make that your because you gotta have time for everything in it. Mm. Um, so yeah, but to be honest, man, these are all these tips. But on a re, on a real, you gotta figure out for yourself. I yeah. think yeah, I think everyone has their own kind Everyone's of. Everyone's like, got their own thing. Own, own way that like man, you know, like when it came to me. I think me, it was just like, when I come back, when I do uni, I think I focus more on that uni. Because at home, like, I'm from Bengali household, bro. Like, yeah. my house is always just like, yeah, noise like everywhere. Yeah, that, like, it's, like, it's similar to Somali house. And you know the worst thing is, I sleep downstairs in the garage. Oh. So, every time in it, even when you want to study, revise, get something done. Oh, mom's like, oh, can you do this? Your little brother comes to your room. And I'm thinking, I can't do anything else. So I, I think the only time I managed to get work done was at uni. Library. Library. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I jumped in a classroom that was empty. Like, after I was... And you get it done there. Shut down your phone. Yeah. Get some literally. work done. Um, and then obviously the lockdown. I think lockdown is when I had a bit more of a... So I had to put a schedule in place because I was literally at home. I couldn't escape from home. I had to put a bit more schedule in place. Okay, this is the time for uni. This is time for family. This is time for... Obviously, I saw this time for Quran. This time for this, that, and other. I think... Depending on your situation, everyone has their own kind of structure. But I think you need some kind of structure in place so that you can be productive. Um, okay, so now kind of moving on each other. Obviously, you both you guys are heads of Aston ISOC and you will be ISOC, right? How is it like running an ISOC? And what are some of the, if you want to say, okay, how's that running an ISOC? Just put it, say, how's that running an ISOC? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's stressful. It can be stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, with running an ISOC, you literally just have to manage people mm-hmm. and their problems. That's what it is. 
mm. um, talks, logistics, all of that. It all boils down to people and mm. your committee members, right? Mm. If if all your committee members decide that oh, we're going to do the bare minimum mm-hmm. and we're not going to do any work and we're not going to put any, any effort in, yeah. halas, your life is gone. It's like, gone. It's gone. <laughs> You're gone. You're finished. You're absolutely finished. However, um, if you have a solid committee around you and mm-hmm. You, you all know that you're here for the sake of Allah. You're not here for clout. You're not here for your CV or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And you're here purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to attain Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure. And you understand what you're doing is a manner yes. upon you and you must fulfill that manner. Allah yes. you'll get stuff done. Mm-hmm. And yes, there'll be periods like that are proper, like freshers, charity mm-hmm. weeks, DIW, like stuff is going. Haywire 24-7 But those are You know Relative uh, Periods of You know uh, Chaos For lack of a better term But you'll get through it And whatever happens There's khair in it Wondrous is The state and affair Of the believer If something comes to you And is bad You think it's bad There's going to be khair in it For you And if something's good There's going to be khair in it For you as well So Internalizing that and saying, Khalas, this is a manner, we're going to have to fulfill it. You, there will be periods of stress, mm-hmm. but you'll get through it. 100%. It's a people's problem. That, that's how I see it ultimately. Have you, bro, has he been running UBI I think you've been running it for a year or two, two now? Nah, since March. Okay. Honestly, I, I agree with everything that Abdul Ghani said. That's, mm-hmm. that, that's exactly what it is. Being president doesn't mean you do everything. I think for you, it was a bit like that. But. <laughs> Alhamdulillah, like both our ISOCs are quite like established. Mm. So we have, Alhamdulillah, like marketing team, socials team, Islamic education team. We have different, different teams. Mm. And it's about motivating them, make, keeping up, making sure they're doing their jobs, solving the problems when the problems come up mm. and make it just let, letting them, let them do their job. Do you can't right. do everything. Yeah, I made that mistake. I tried mm-hmm. to do everything with Islamic education myself because... I used to be Islamic education brother before being president. And I was like, I, if it, I have to do it my way. And I was really getting involved. You just clocked that there's four, there's four, there's four people on this team. Like let them do their job. Let them do their job. And if there's something wrong, correct it, but don't yeah. get involved in everything. Don't you let people do it. Don't mm. micromanage it. And that's it. And what he said is, 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 is so true. We're doing it for the sake of Allah. What do you guys say have been some of the good and some of the bad Things of no, no, no. Let me rephrase, let me rephrase that. What actually have been some of the good like moments of of your time with Isaac, and how have been some of the challenges of with Isaac and running Isaac and you know trying to like help Muslim students? I would say that one of the best moments for me was in Discover Islam Week. Okay, what was that? <sighs> I miss those days. We would have so many people coming in, and we'd be just discussing, and we'd be having. Talks and so many different topics, and alhamdulillah, people convert into Islam. And it's just such a wonderful feeling when someone does that. But more so than that, on like a on a, like an everyday basis, halakas, mm. halakas, mm. so beautiful. You get like good group of brothers, 30, 40 brothers sitting around, mm. and we're just discussing a topic, and we're trying to de- de- develop and be in a good environment, Definitely. and we're eating, and we're chilling, and we're just discussing something and, and, and getting close to Allah. Because the whole thing with uh, with with me with with the halakas and stuff mm. was to make Islam. 
something that's actually applicable for life. Yes. We weren't discussing abstract topics. We were discussing yeah. things that actually will impact your day, your day-to-day affairs. Mm-hmm. Discussing the affairs of the Ummah, discussing the why are we Muslim, discussing only God can judge me. Is that mm-hmm. correct or not? Discussing evolution. These things that people are genuinely concerned about. about. And when you go through that and see someone's like, it's like cleared up a doubt in their head mm-hmm. or they become close to Allah or they've taken that knowledge and decided to spread it to someone. It's beautiful. How about you, bro? For me, it would have to be February. So we had our charity week in February. Okay. Normally you'd have it at the last, on the last week of October, but we had, to, it, yeah. Yeah, we had to delay it to February because of admin issues <laughs> <laughs> as uh, we like to label it. Um, but it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. You had people coming together doing a massive amount of khair. You guys do like a bigger uh, charity, don't you? Yeah, we, we do. Yeah, 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 yes, 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 yes. I remember that. I remember that, yes. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful person. I love that guy. Love him. Love him for the sake of Allah. But it was absolutely beautiful. Like, we had people we'd never interacted with ISOC, mm-hmm. never never heard of the ISOC for some mm-hmm. reason. And they were there putting the time selling um, Krispy Kreme donuts, donating. Uh-huh. Like we even had staff members who weren't Muslim helping out. That's how deep it was. Mm-hmm. So it, it was incredible. And I don't uh, like um, measuring success mm-hmm. um, via metric of uh, X amount we raised and yeah. whatnot. I like measuring it by um, the amount of people we actually impact, yeah. but we did raise a lot. They said, like it was yeah. the most that we've ever raised. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Um, but yeah, do you, do you guys want to talk about the challenges? Because I've got a whole list. Why the challenges? <laughs> no, because what genuinely, what are the challenges? Like you, you guys faced, not being part of an ISOC, running it. Uh, I think one of the main challenges is um, you've got two camps of people. Yeah. You guys, you've got the sort of relatively non-practicing Muslims, mm-hmm. and you've got the relatively practicing Muslims. Yeah. And within the relatively practicing Muslims, there's a spectrum. Yeah. Some are like, Khalas, this has to be a masjid, but you have to take a step back and explain, this is an Islamic uh, society, yes. organization, yes. under the guild or the SU or the university, university yeah. and we're not a masjid. Yeah. So we cannot operate and function like a masjid. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can, but those are the rare exceptions and that it's the exception not the rule so stuff like free mixing so um in our charity dinner um uh, we were not allowed to put up barriers and whatnot as per the guidelines of our um, university we're only allowed to put up barriers when it comes to solar yeah and there was a lot of people complaining about, oh, um, there's sisters on that side and there's not a barrier between them and whatnot. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's free mixing going on, stuff like that. And just, it just causing like nonsense. Uh, this is how deep we got. I, I was literally walking out of uh, my home and my neighbor, he went to Aston a couple of years ago, yeah. uh, turned around to me. I was like, Azogani, you're on the ISOC, right? Yeah. I've been hearing a lot about your free mixing and whatnot, and this and that. Uh, it got so deep that like normal members of society, understand. like were questioning us. So it so it was, it, it was incredibly deep. Um, but yeah, people think that um, we are masjid and you can function as a masjid or Islamic organization. Do you feel external. just just on that? Because like you, I think it's an important point to address. Isn't it? Mm. You said that because obviously because you're not a masjid, mm-hmm. you're an Islamic group. Mm-hmm. Organization that's 
within the confinement of the university. Mm-hmm. So you have to abide by the university record. Obviously, some mm-hmm. you can in some way or form. Obviously, and I had the same issues. Well, you can in some way or form, you know, apply Islamic guidelines there, but it's still within the confines of the university. Yeah. It's the exception for most. Ha- have you, you know, how difficult is it trying to? You know, certain okay, certainly some principles you know that we can't really compromise on it. Mm-hmm. How 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 difficult has it been for yourself, or generally, trying to implement those within the ISOC or when you're doing your events that kind of stuff? Know that you know that we knowing that you may cause issues with SU. Okay, within um, in terms of Freemason, there's one very clear principle that SU laid out. If you guys are praying Salah. Halas, you can have your barriers up and everything. But in any other scenario mm. within uh, the university on campus, I think they're slightly lax when it is off campus, but mm. don't quote me on that. You're not allowed to use barriers, this, that, whatnot. Um, and it, 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 I see where they're coming from. And personally, I am of the opinion that if you are going to interact in your lectures and you, literally if you, when you come out of the prayer hall, you're going to see each other. Like it is not, it is not too deep to just be sitting opposite rows in a lecture hall. It is, it is a, like it still meets and fulfills the um, uh, was again conditions of yeah. not being free mixing. However, you've got people who you know push for you know barriers, it's that no interaction whatsoever uh, and whatnot. It, it's not realistic, especially in the last setting, and especially in. 21st century Britain How about you bro? What's some of the challenges That you face with England and the Isaac? Um, or being part of the Isaac? Just, balancing it with life That's what we discussed that before I think yeah People just Everyone's got like A different understanding mm. Of what they want to achieve Yeah And Me as an individual I might view something As very important mm-hmm. But someone else might not Yeah And so, For example Halakha topics mm-hmm. or discussion topics. That's a big one. Some people may want to go into certain topics in a lot of detail yeah. and not cover other things. Okay. But for me as an individual, I might have a certain thing. So I, I, my main thing, as I said, is to- talking about issues that really affect people. Yeah. Things like uh, why are we Muslim? Is Islam a strict religion? Mm-hmm. Um, what's our view on wider Ummah problems? Mm-hmm. What's our view on uh, like it's, it's like Palestine These kind of issues mm. I think they're very important to cover yeah. But some people Want to focus on things like Dua mm. And things like Qiyam al-Layl mm. And things like I'm not saying these are not important topics I'm just saying that Some people want to focus on Some people want to focus on There's time and a place essentially yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. and, and for me it's like Dealing with people that have Obviously the Different views are fine yeah. But it's It's trying to show people Different perspectives Because some mm. people are very strict In that yeah. they want to do this if not. But Aside from that no, it's just dealing with. It's just the same problems you get with anywhere. Would you say? Would you say going back to Abdurrahim's point isn't it, about being within the confinement of the SU? Would you say that as as an ISOC, you're often restricted in terms of what elements of Islam you can talk about? Absolutely. So, 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 so for example, when it comes to that, for example, um, LGBT and feminism. very big one, feminism. Mm-hmm. When it comes to that, for example, talking about political issues like Philistine, like um, Chinese Muslims. I, yeah. c- I, c- I can remember it. Um, going back to my first year in ISOC, I wasn't running, I was a drummer going at the time, but I think we were going to have um, Mazen Begon to talk to do about Islamophobia. And I think I'm having on this year. 
Yeah, and the thing was at the time, he was classed as a controversial figure. What's he now? Um, he's not controversial. He's not so controversial. But he's but he's I, he, so he, mainstream now. Yeah, he's more mainstream now. But at the time, I believe he was a bit more controversial figure because of the fact that Guantanamo, um, Guantanamo yeah. was a big one, and um, obviously in terms of like his views are he, you know, the things that he promotes, yeah, mm-hmm. that he pushes, um, and obviously the university had a big issue with it. And they were going to get, I think there was one point where they didn't want to ha- have him on. And he, we thought he would be a really good person to talk about Islamophobia, the reality of Islamophobia, what the actual, the actual agenda behind Islamophobia. But obviously, those kind of things, you know, and when it comes to talking about stuff, stuff about like um, LGBT, yeah. feminism, you know, like for example, like mm. these kind of things, I can remember at once um, we address LGBT, I, can, I think we got, we got a bit of telling off from, from the SU. Mm. Yeah, I get the. Do same. you guys get the same kind of just like as an Isaac? You're very shrewd in what you can do. We're walking on eggshells mm-hmm. on our tiptoes. You, these issues, which are issues affecting the Ummah mm-hmm. prevalently, are not being covered at all. Mm-hmm. And for us to cover it, put a poster out about it. Is it a lot? Of you, okay, Palestine, the Jewish society will mm-hmm. come, mm-hmm. and they uh, uh, and, and they've and, got a very sh- they've got a very strong lobby. Mm-hmm. Very, two brothers. Mm-hmm. Medical students did. Uh, we know last year was all the free free Palestine stuff. Yeah. We had a big uh, protest at our university. Mm-hmm. Some brothers got involved. They started posting stuff online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They got basically suspended. Serious. They got kicked off. They ba- they barely somehow scraped in because they had to get lawyers and stuff. They got, Serious. Bro, they got kicked out. You get this kind of issue, and the LGBT. When the whole, <laughs> how can you, you can't even cover it? And even so like, even like we, on your views, like for example, look, let's be on like issues like for example, Hudud. That's Hudud. a big topic in university. Mm-hmm. But and let's be honest, as Muslims, we agree with Hudud. No, no doubt about it. But like it's, it's, we have to believe in it. We have it's to believe in it. You know what I'm saying? But like but like when you but like, but like when it comes to addressing these things in university, it becomes an issue. How do you like How do we never get that? Yeah, how do you never get that? Honestly, um with us uh, one thing that we realized very quickly is cri- critiquing the secular mm. to at least our university is honest, unacceptable. Mm. Unacceptable. Especially, like, we can talk about Philistine, yeah, fair enough, but we can only give the, you know, humanitarian lens of, on it. Like, you can't, get the actual you can't actually 100%. give our stance on it. 100%, yeah. And, yeah, and uh, personally, personally, you can, I, Disagree with um, the uh, what was it again catchline? Um, it's not a Muslim issue; it's a human oh, issue. Yeah. I think that is absolutely not, uh, nonsense. nonsense. It's a Muslim issue first and foremost. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Exactly. So um, yeah, you have to walk in eggshells. Like what we do is um, our, our university is quite stringent. I'm not sure about your guild. But um, anytime we even have a remotely mm. controversial speak on, when I say even remote, like who would you guys class as not being controversial at all? Um, I don't know, you know. Mufti Mank. Mufti Mank. Yeah, actually, yeah. Or, okay, someone a bit more controversial. Let's say Hamza Zortas. Nah, he's not really, he's not, he's he's okay. He's not controversial. Okay, he's not controversial. But with our university, if we want to invite him in, he needs to send over every single thing that he's going to talk about. Now Allah. Don't mess about serious. And they will check every single sentence of his speaking notes. Nah, nah, we didn't have that. We just had to submit an external speaker form and that's it. That's it. We do that, then they'll turn around and be like, oh, we want the speaker notes as well. Serious. Exactly. (laughs) 
Our, our university mm-hmm. is very stringent stuff. And do you feel there's more there's more pushdown like because of prevent? <laughs> no, but do you feel there's <laughs> more pushdown? Do you feel there's more pushdown with 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 um prevent and all these kind of yeah. agendas going on? Um, Alhamdulillah, with RSC, mm. uh, they actually prevented uh, prevent from campus completely. You're not allowed to talk about mm. prevent. You're not allowed to implement prevent at all. Mm. And Subhanallah, this is due to actually some of the ISAC lads from a few years ago. They came together. They did a massive campaign, mm. and they literally com- prevent. You cannot use prevent within mm. uni Alhamdulillah. whatsoever. Alhamdulillah. That is the so the digiro uh, take on it, like. Just by registration, but as a matter of fact, mm. yes, obviously there's uh, se- the heads of security and whatnot still have that at the back end of their heads and whatnot, but they're not allowed to implement prevent th- on uni. Alhamdulillah. I think what they have to add to that is be of advice to ISACs out there who pro- inshallah hopefully listening mm. that I think they were Muslims, then, and we have to we have to make Islam applicable to today's society, the issues that mm-hmm. university students face and 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 are concerned about be things like identity. Homosexuality, uh, pornography, even whitish like Philistine, China, and I'd say use hikmah in terms of how you address these things. Allah Harun said in it, we came to advertisement. Be a bit, be a bit, you know, use a bit more hikmah with it. Um, you know, advert don't advertise it, you know, so much like that. But make sure that when you're when you're addressing the talk, the talk addresses yeah. what Islam stands on. There's no wishy washy, mm-hmm. you know, back, you know, there's no like unclarity. You know, this yeah, you get some yeah. some people who, some wishy washy kind of version of what Islam kind of says on, on Palestine or China or LGBT. Yeah. You know, make sure you you're, you're addressing the facts. And secondly, I would say that look, I think it's very important that we have to because we live in a society which is very anti-Islam, very hostile towards Islam. Not just university, wherever you go, yeah, mm-hmm. you have. The war, you know, the war on terror on Islam is very, 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 very intense. Mm. I think that as most, especially university in ISAC as well, when you're addressing the issue, when you're addressing the issue, and you're having that thing, you know what, like, should I address it? What happened if they shut down the ISAC? Have to work in Allah. Mm-hmm. Have to work in Allah. At the end of the day, no matter whatever happens, you know that Allah is with you. If you stay to stick to the Allah will help you. And we've seen this time and time again. Mm-hmm. Badr, you know, so many different. The, you know the conquest of Mecca, the 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 the, the, the you know the other Khulafas coming after. You know we've seen even nowadays as well. Yeah, in so many times the Muslim when they when they have to work on they stick to the Hakani. Yeah, how Allah aids us, how Allah honors us. I think probably that I just add on to it. Inshallah. Yeah. yeah just one. one I'll just add one, one thing. Yeah, go on. Um, hikmah. Mm. People overuse the word, mm. and they say. From the perspective of hikmah, mm. let's not do anything. Mm. Mm-hmm. You've also got responsibility. So as you said, you've got to use hikmah in the mm. right context. But then don't just say, we're not going to run any event, cover any real issue. We're just going to cover uh, dua and, mm. uh, and say that's hikmah. Mm. No, it's not. Mm. Um, and I think going on your own, off your point as well, also not on us by Islam. And if we seek honor for anything other than Islam, Allah will... Okay, now moving on, inshallah. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Like, you know, we've discussed a lot about ISACs and you you guys, you know, your time at university. Yeah. Now, obviously, you guys are running ISACs. You guys have been on the uni scene for, you know, for some years now. Mm-hmm. What are some issues that you guys feel university uni students face? I know there's like a whole list, but you have to pick the top, the top three. Top three. Top three. I know there's books and books you talk about. I've got books, but let's just stick to top three. Top three. Mm. Uh, first one, marriage and, re- and relationships. Mm-hmm. 
all three brothers coming together yeah. and marriage not come up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, know, I had to bring you off. I definitely had to bring you off. That that would be one of the three, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing would be health, fitness slash habits that are destructive. Mm-hmm. Whether it be pornography, whether it be vaping. Mm-hmm. With vaping, uh, I don't know what it is. I see people vaping even in Sajid's now. That's how deep it is. Bro, I see like 12 years vaping, man. Yeah. I think my brother from secondary school, I see 10, I see 11, 12 years vaping. I'm thinking like, fair enough, isn't it? If you've had like a, if you had like a, um, like a cigarette, like habit or something like that, yeah. you're trying to get, trying to use vaping to get off it. Fair yeah. enough, isn't it? But like, if you're a 12 year old and cool, you never, it? you never even, even like touched a fag, why are you vaping for? Mm-hmm. And a third one. My, I would, I would say. Wait, I think I thought you had one more. You, are you, uh, I cannot think of another one. Purpose. Purpose in life. Yeah. People don't know what they're doing with themselves. Mm. They're on a rat race. Mm. They join university because their parents want to join university. Mm. You have to do the university. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing. They've got no vision. Mm. They don't know where they're, they don't know where they're going. They don't know what, um, where Islam fits into their life. Mm-hmm. They're doing madnesses because they don't, they, they, they see that as, as the norm. Mm. They don't have any, Islam has got very little to say. That is the problem. No purpose, no purpose in life, and no understanding of Islam as a as a deen, mm. as a solution to all the man's problems. Mm. People don't get that. Um, not thinking. Let's put it that. They're not thinking. They're not using mm. their brains to think. What am I? Let's take us. Let's take a step back. Mm. What am I doing? Mm. They just go with the flow, mm. exactly. and they, that, that's what they say. I'm chilling, bro. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What's your plan for I'm life? Chilling, chilling bro. Just chilling, bro. Just, just go with the flow. Go with the flow, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Relax, yeah, relax. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Have a goal. Why are you studying? The purpose of studying is to get is to get a job which has a halal uh, with a halal income. Um, the purpose of uni is not just to get a degree, though. To get a, to get a degree, but also develop yourself. Not just to chill twenty four seven and go out shisha lounge with the boys. Exactly. Um, I think purpose purpose in life and identity. Those are such important. I think coming off from that, I think identity is a very, very big one mm. because university now, compared to 15, 20 years ago, university, I'll be straight with you guys. This is my experience. I don't know what you guys think, but I think university is no longer a ground for education now in terms of academic education. What do you mean then? University is now a ground for, um, like what I said to you before, you're either giving that to you, you know, university giving that to you. I say in the sense that university is where people, they shape their identity. They find out who they are as individuals, who they are as people, and who they are, and who and what kind of Muslim they are. And unfortunately, the kind of, unfortunately, university, because we live in a non-Muslim country, what's heavy promoting there is things, is, 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 is these corrupt ideas like secularism, like having, you know, having your, your life here and your deen over there, like feminism, like which, is pushed, which is being pushed and shoved down the throats of our sisters. Like things like, uh, for example, um, you know, being more open to fitna. I'll be honest with you. You know what? This is our second year during uh, my second year at ISOC. Um, we're going to have the Fashion Week, the store, and you've seen Millennium Point, right? Pardon? You you seen the Millennium Point building? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh-huh. You see, I have, I have that, that little walkway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm the walking down, walking to Millennium Point. I had my earphones in, by the way. I mind my business. I, try, I yeah, I, yeah. I was trying to get to the store, the ISOC store, and then. I see stores outside. I don't know what they're about. I wasn't paying attention. And um, by the entrance, a woman stops me. And then I'm thinking, what does she want? I put my headphone. She's like, would you like a packet of condoms? I'm thinking, hold on, wait, what? 
And then I walk in the Millennium Point. First ground floor. I'm expecting to see the eye socks. I'm going to see a few companies and whatnot. You know, you may want to recruit people for like internships and whatnot. Yeah, mm. bro. I'm seeing um, that club prism. I'm seeing these beer companies. Bro, you saw a pole dancing lesson class. I'm thinking, what's going here? And you know where the societies are? Second floor in the corner. I'm thinking, what's going on here? And of course, that's what university is now. University is no longer a thing where. Where it's a place for you to get an education, for you to, you know, become these these academics, these thinkers. Now it's about having fun, get smashed off your head, getting a student, getting student finance, so that you can, you know, um, chase this luxurious lifestyle which Western society promotes so much, and just enjoying it. Whatever grade you get in your degree, you know, you get it. So long as you get the, the so long as you get the piece of paper, that's the main thing. And I think it's important. Right. I think it's important to understand that. Because it goes into what, and I think it's important to understand that. And I think as young as Muslim students, and it's important to understand that when you're in university, get involved in something, especially Dawah stuff. Because like I, I say to anybody at university, you, you're not in some kind of Dawah project at university. Wallahi, university will be giving Dawah to you. I tell you straight, and it's not gonna be the right kind of Dawah. <laughs> yeah, I tell you that now. Um, now another thing I want to ask you guys, yeah, exactly. essentially is that look, is that. We see, and I kind of answer my other point that we see a lot of people. They go to university. Loads of people go to university, yeah, but not all of them come out with a with a first class or a two one. A lot of people come out with just by scraping a degree, or just by getting the paper, and they have that mentality. You know, what, I've got the paper, man. That's what I need. And a lot of people in university. I'm not sure you guys had that. Have met these kind of personalities who are very very chilled out. They're like they don't care. They'll come late to university. They'll copy next man's work. They they find they find something online to submit that as an assignment, and they won't really care. So long as they scraped it, they scraped it. Mm. Why do you feel people have that? Why do you feel people have that mentality? Uh, I think it's. Uh, I was given khutbah on this mm. on Friday. Mm. Uh, the topic was ihsan excellence. Yeah, and mm. I personally think mm. that. Because of lack, because of the lack of ihsan, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to any act that we do, whether yeah. it's um, uh, whether it's to do with the deen or the dunya, mm-hmm. I think it's very telling. It is very, very, very telling. What's so, you mean, sorry, uh, um, ihsan is in excellence. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. So, this is how I view it. Let's mm-hmm. say, um, let's say you're coming to uni, you're doing, I don't. Pharmacy, mm-hmm. you're doing pharmacy, mm-hmm. and you're just scraping by. You're not attending lectures mm-hmm. because you can't be asked. There, there's a difference between attending lectures because you can't be asked and attending lectures because you're doing ISOC. There's a difference. <laughs> there's a difference. I need to point that out. <laughs> so you can't be asked. Um, yeah. And uh, when submissions, what tomorrow? Okay, خلاص, I'm just gonna copy someone's work, change it up a bit. You know, uh, lab results. I'll change it up a bit, upload it, whatnot. Now that lack of excellence in what you're pursuing, i.e., mm-hmm. your degree, mm-hmm. then it trickles down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it trickles down to your dean. So what starts happening is uh, uh, It's Asr right It's summer There's three hours Between Asr and Maghrib I'll pray a bit later I can't mm-hmm. be asked to pray now Then what it transitions into Eventually is I can't be asked to pray yeah. So it, like, the lack of Ihsan Or the yeah. pursuit A lack of um, Pursuing excellence In everything you do mm-hmm. Always trickles back Down to your deen mm-hmm. And if it trickles back To your deen Your dunya is over And your akhirah is over Ultimately mm-hmm. That's how I view it. That's a beautiful example. Beautiful analogy, Allah. But you reckon why are people very relaxed when it comes to uni? Not everyone, 
So you see, you have a lot of personality who are like, you know what? Like, so long as they just get their paper, that's what I care about. They've got no purpose, as I said before. Mm-hmm. The degree, why does it, what, they don't even care about it because they, they don't even care about life. Mm-hmm. They don't even care about life because life to them, it's all going to end at some point. They got no re- they got no reason to push. They got no reason to keep going. For us as Muslims, as a man, I have responsibilities pride for my wife. Mm-hmm. If I don't provide for her, I'm sinful. Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. 100%. I need to get my rizq mm-hmm. to be able to get to that level to be able to provide. So for me, study university has that goal. And if I don't, Yawm al-Qiyamah, Allah SWT will ask me, mm-hmm. why did you not provide for her? So I have that pushing me. Mm-hmm. Them man, they got no accountability. Because mm-hmm. they don't believe in God Asl- Aslan. Even if they do believe in Allah, they have they have a very secular view of, of Islam. Mm-hmm. So Islam is just for the masjid. Mm-hmm. It's got no say in how they deal with studying, how they deal with any of these things. So that's why they come so chill. Mm-hmm. When you don't have that motivation, then you're going to go anywhere. You're not going to mm-hmm. go anywhere. I think and that's why they're so lax. And mm-hmm. second of all, second of all, they got no good influences. Mm-hmm. Their influences are music, which promotes nothing good. Mm-hmm. Their influences are uh, like like YouTuber stars mm-hmm. who are just filming who are filming videos. They got yeah. no positive models. 100%. We have positive models. We should have positive models. The Sahaba, the prophets, mm-hmm. 100%. the greats today, 100%. the greats of the past. 100%. Yeah, we've got entirely different outlooks in life, which is why they don't go further. Which is why they don't push it. Now you get some who do push it because that is their purpose. Mm-hmm. Their purpose is to push. Mm-hmm. But then you even get them people mm-hmm. trailing off. They all trail off. They all trail off. Yeah. 100%. You can't pursue excellence without a purpose. Hundred percent. I think. I think one thing that comes down to also one thing that I realized also was that unfortunately we live in a we live in a society where we're, we're secular. And deen is our deen. Our which is very like a key fundamental part of being a Muslim is detached from us, detached from life affairs. And question, when you have that, when you have that detachment, you're not often thinking about how every part of your life is linked to your akhirah. So you're not, so in essence, you're not really thinking about your life. Yeah. And unfortunately, we live in a society where we're taught, where our life is laid out for us. We're taught zero to five, you chill. You, after that, you go to university, primary school, secondary school, college, sixth form, you do apprenticeship, do apprenticeship. You go to university, you get a job, you get married, you get a mortgage, you get a house, you have kids. Then you get, then you work for a bit, retire, live your last 10, 15 years with your pension, then khalas, that's it. That's literally how we're taught. And how our lives are actually laid out for us. And people, they don't think, they don't think for themselves, okay, what am I actually doing in my life? Mm. Why am I actually here? And quite often when they come to university, they come to university because oh, there's no jobs about, they haven't made to get into apprenticeship or they've got rubbish grades or because, you know, somebody or their family just told them to do this degree, you get, you, you, you end up making loads of money. There's no actual thinking. You know, when you, you know, when you carry something as, as a concept, conceptually, mm. it drives you as, as a person. It drives your motivation. Like for example, if I was to tell you right now, if I was to give you, um, if I was to give you an axe, I told you, if you cut these trees and sell the wood, you will make one million pounds in in three months' time. If you were convinced of that, how would you, how, how how would you react? You do it. You do it. You graft night and day, mm. cut so you chopped off all those trees. You made sure that you've got all the wood and you sell it off. Because why? Because you've been convinced. Okay, you know what. I know I'm, I'll make that You know That one, one million pounds mm-hmm. A lot of people They're not convinced About why they do these actions 
just because they've just been taught to do it or they've been programmed by society to do it yeah um and obviously look, I, like I could talk to you guys you know for days for you for <laughs> hours but obviously I want to bring the podcast to a close what's some advice that you give to university students now that uni started you know they're coming to university be their first or second or third year postgrad whatever what's the advice you give to muslim students at university now we get to the many challenges that, that we do do at university i would say um first and foremost don't be like me don't wait like 4 5 months to get involved with the isoc you just get involved mm-hmm. whether it be small medium sized large just get involved in some sort of capacity mm-hmm. whether it be just attending a talk or had up our lecture or just coming to the football socials yeah. because you will ultimately know who like from what all the interactions with the members with the brothers that come with the sisters that come to the events yeah. you'll very distinctly you'll see a very distinct um contrast between them and everyone else on your course like what your clock is they're not talking about drinking their heads off like 24/7 yeah. so you'll have two options instead of just one and whether you choose to navigate down one option and not the other that's up to you no one's going to you know yeah. feed a spoon feed you that's the choice that you have to come to yourself mm-hmm. and another thing that I'd ultimately say is if you take the better choice make sure you're always surrounded with brothers and sisters that always drive you towards khair brothers, and you sisters, brothers or sisters brothers or sisters, <laughs> brothers or sisters. <laughs> <laughs> sisters only if they're your wives um, <laughs> yeah, yes I did um, that drive you towards khair and you also contribute to that khair as well okay. how about you Harun? In addition to what you said, so I'd heavily encourage getting involved in that or getting involved in that because it will, you'll get so much barakah in your life and your life would, you'll see the difference as you as Abdul Ghani said. But aside from that, understand number one, why are you studying? And understand that your act of studying can be an act of worship if you connect it to the right intentions. Islam has not just come for the prayer room, come for all parts of life. And if you connect any action to Islam, you can become spiritual and you'll get a reward for it i'll give you an example if you if you um if you decide to work out with the objective of with the hadith in mind that the the strong muslim is better is better than the weak muslim to take care of your fitness to be strong so that you can pray in the night without being very tired you can have that energy then you get a reward for working out come to university as well if I work with the intention in mind that I'm working to be able to provide for my future family mm-hmm. and talab al-ilm, obviously talab al-ilm has got different definitions, but pursuit of knowledge yeah. is, 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 obligation, is an obligation upon us. 100%. And I can get reward through even my deadest assignments, <laughs> even through attending a lecture. And that changes your perspective because mm-hmm. uni doesn't account a waste of time then. Oh, bro, I could just be, I could be just reading Quran. No. Mm-hmm. The, the, there was actually a story I read in Ihiyya al-Muddin, Imam Ghazali's book, where uh, Isa alayhi salam approached uh, a man who was in the masjid and he, he asked him, what are you doing here? I'm from the people of them. I'm basically, I'm from the religious people. I'm giving my whole life to the masjid. And then Isa alayhi salam asked him, where do you get your food from? He said, my brother provides for me. And oh, Isa alayhi salam replied to your brother's more religious than you. Because you've got responsibilities. The NBA, they are role models. They did everything. They had they worked their job. They were they were shepherds, mm. but 
uh, and, and the Sahaba, they had their jobs, mm-hmm. but they also made their time for their mm-hmm. jihad. They made their time for they made their time for their wives. They made their time for their children. They made their time for their communities. They made mm-hmm. their time for you, Abu Sadiq as Khalifa. He would go to see the sick, mm-hmm. so he would do everything. These are our own models. So understand that Islam is all about the life, and every action can be spiritual if you connect mm-hmm. it. And the third thing is just is that being with good people mm-hmm. and um, study hard, uni, mm-hmm. study hard. Get a good grade. You're not there to mess about, as mm-hmm. your sister said. You're not paying nine <laughs> k a year to, to to be ISOC. You're being you're getting a degree. Get your degree. Mm-hmm. Achieve it. Work hard. And final final thing, mm-hmm. We we are all brothers. 100%. Use the high years. We are mm-hmm. all connected. The, that's why I said Muslims. It's to be. It's a hack being a Muslim at university mm-hmm. because the amount of connections that we have 100%. in the higher years and stuff. 100%. Join the ISOC. Find the higher year brothers, 100%. sisters, and talk to them. And get 100%. advice from them. I've I've had to cut my studying time in half because the fact that I know brothers and they tell me, okay, that module, focus on this and don't focus on that. This assignment, focus on don't focus. Use them, man. Use them, man. That's that's it. I think one thing I'd probably add to it is that you know what? Don't just I think I think understand your you know one thing that will motivate you more as a, as a believer is literally don't miss out opportunity in university, be be social events, that kind of stuff, and discuss with different people at university, be they you know, um, people who've come from outside of your locality, people who've international students, understand their situation, understand the problem that they go through. And, you know, as a Muslim, you, you know, and obviously learn more about Islam and you link them two together. You understand, you know what, like the problem that people go through, Islam has the solutions for all of them. Okay. Use university as an opportunity to discuss with people and show to people how Islam is, you know, the best, the superior way of life. I that's one thing I add to it. But Brother Jacques come on today. And I pray that whatever project you guys are running, you know, with your societies, may Allah put barakah in it, may Allah allow it to benefit the universe students. Amen, and Amen. Allah allow it to, you know, help keep, preserve this habitat identity. Amen. Um, Amen. And for tuning into the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Is there any other guests that you'd like me to, to bring on, any other topic you want me to talk about, please do DM us. Um, again, like I mentioned before, please do keep, in t- keep up to date with One Brother Platform. You've got so many different events running, um, different uh, content that will be coming up, inshallah. And yeah, as always, um, peace keep us in your du'as May du'a for us For the university students For the ISACs For our ummah Without saying that Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh